right, as always, we're going to give you some playoff updates, you know, show you where everything's happening because there is so much going on right now. So, Matt, we had some action in the NBA, in the NHL. One of those we expected. The other one made us eat our pants. What is happening in those two tournaments? I'm pantless now. Yeah, there's only been one game in the NBA playoffs since we last talked, but it was a game that, that shut me up and was kind of a surprise to all of us. The Nuggets taking down the Lakers in game game three. They, you know, they came out ready to go last night, and at one point they had the Lakers down 20 points. With five minutes, 26 seconds to go left in the game, LeBron gets a layup and cuts the Nuggets' lead to three, which was just an incredible Lakers comeback. You know, the Nuggets come out in game three, firing on all cylinders after that heartbreaking loss to the Anthony Davis buzzer beater. They come ready to go in Orlando, and then the Lakers somehow come back. And the Nuggets don't let them get to it. They show their resiliency again, the, the way they showed it against the Jazz and the Clippers being down three games to one. Jamal Murray just continues to make big shots in the biggest moments. The Nuggets eventually get the W, 114-106. Look, Nikola Djokovic, Nikola Djokovic, Nikola Jokic, pardon me, wrong Serbian, uh, he's shown that he's a top 10 player in the NBA. The guy's incredible. I was talking to my dad about the game and, and he hadn't watched much, but he's like, why don't they double team Jokic? Like he's scoring whatever he wants. He's like, I said, they can't because if they do, he will find one of his teammates for an easy bucket. It'll be an open three. It'll be someone cutting for an easy layup that somehow almost always becomes an and one. The guy is just one of the most dominant players in the NBA. And he's showing his skill set to its fullest right now. But Jamal Murray has stepped up. He's becoming he, – he's shown to be one of the best scorers in the NBA, at least through these playoffs. If he can continue like this, the Nuggets are going to be a force for the next several years. Yesterday's game, though, was really down to two guys, and that was Grant and Morris for the Nuggets. Grant had 26, Morris 14. They combined for 19 more points than their, their average. I think that was the big difference maker yesterday for Denver, being able to get that help off the bench. And finally, game four here tonight, Miami against the Celtics. Bo- Yonix, Boston Celtics, I'm wearing my D-Wade Miami Heat jersey just to mess with him. I actually don't really care who wins. Uh, it feels for, like forever since this, you know, last time these guys have played. It's only been four days, but we've just been so spoiled with the amount of basketball that it's like, where did all the basketball go? Don't worry, it's back. It, the momentum in this series is like, it, it feels sort of reset. A little, It feels even because of this layoff and, and just because of how the first two games – have gone. And I think that's part of the reason that this game four is a must win for both teams. I think whoever wins tonight is going to take home this series. I think if Boston does it, they win the next two and win four to two. I think if the heat do it, they probably win the next one and win the series five to one, but this game four kind of like a, how, you know, game five, a lot of times like whoever wins this wins 80% of the time, this game four feels like a must win. I'm taking Miami. I think they're who's, who's going to be representing the Eastern conference in the finals. But it should be a great one. Both these conference finals have been have been filled with surprises, a lot of grit, a lot of big shots, a bunch of players playing their absolute hearts out. Jan, what have you been taking away from these conference finals? Right, yeah, I think I agree. This 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 game four feels like the game five between the Raptors and the Celtics, you know? Yeah. I thought whoever wins game five, Raptors, Celtics, because of how close they play, it's gonna be hard for the other team to grab two straight. You know, and I and I, I I agree. I think whoever wins this probably takes home the series. It's obviously not over, and you know maybe the you, whoever loses gets another one back. But 
it's definitely it's definitely a marker to look out for. And again, an exciting series. You're right. I mean, who has the momentum? No one knows, right? No one absolutely knows because you talk about it. The Celtics won the last game, but did they have the momentum? Because like they the heat came back in that one, like again. So it's hard to say who has the momentum in these games. It's I think Gordon Hayward's addition gives them an, an, an extra dimension. Does it make them better? I'm not really sure. You know, can Goran Dragic show up again? Probably. Bam Adebayo, if he can play as dominant as he can, that's definitely hard. Tyler Hero's got ice in his veins. Marcus Smart makes plays all over the place. I mean, it's just a battle. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be hard. But I think tonight will be a big decider in it. And uh, we shall see who can grab it. In the other game... You know, the Nuggets showed resiliency, and I mean, Jamal Murray, I mean, especially his final shot, which, like, looked like it went off, like, into the sky truly. before it went down. It went, truly, went over like, the Magic like, Kingdom castle and then came back. and Right. I mean, it was a great, you know, great performance. Jokic dominant and, and Jamal Murray dominant. Um, but let's be honest, right? Like, the reason that they won that game, you, you mentioned it. Monte Morris and Jeremy Grant averaging 19 points more than they usually do if they can do that every game then yeah the nuggets will win of course because they have Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and two bench players contributing like crazy right but they haven't contributed yeah that's the thing though those two players have to play like that well and Michael Porter I don't think it has to be those two specifically but I think it had it has they have to get more Paul Millsap Michael Porter Jr. Gary Harris like these are Craig, like these other players, they, they need these other guys, like a, a couple of those guys to combine for 30 to 40 points a night because just Jamal and, and, and Jokic doing it themselves isn't going to be enough. Right. And I mean, the Lakers had a historically bad night on the boards. I mean, Davis and Howard and McGee combining for like what, nine rebounds together. I mean, that's ridiculous. So I think it's a bad game for the Lakers to lose. I think more so because of how they looked rather than actually losing the game. You know, the Nuggets fought back like they usually do. I'm not worried about the Lakers. Call me when the Lakers are down three to two and then I'll be worried. But like, I, I'm not worried even if, if the Nuggets even up the series tomorrow. You know, I just don't think, I mean, look, LeBron James had a crazy triple double, you know, like, like I'm still, as long as LeBron James isn't like playing like a Kawhi Leonard fourth quarter, I'm not worried, you know, because he's going to be able to elevate the people around him and get it done. But a great win for the Nuggets shows that they're a team to come. Man, they must be happy that Jamal Murray signed a contract extension last year because you know the Bucks would be knocking right now if they could have Jamal Murray with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, that would be the trade I would make. Jamal Murray and Giannis Antetokounmpo, absolutely. That's what I want in Milwaukee. But he did sign that five-year contract extension, so he's staying in Denver Good for Denver fans. If they keep Jokic, if they keep Michael Porter Jr., they've got a young team up and coming better than the rest. But yeah, I agree. Exciting NBA playoffs. Who comes out of the East? What do the Lakers do in the West? It's going to be good no matter what. Yeah, I don't I don't think Denver's going to let Jamal go anywhere. They got they got a pretty good core right there with 25 and 24-year-old superstars. Or maybe 23. Is Jamal 23? 23 or 24. Young regardless and and really finding it yeah finding his stride in the league and for the lakers honestly like one of my big points was just man rondo just keeps playing better and better and playoff rondo is a scary kind of of player for an opposing team heading on over to the nhl tonight we've got game three of the stanley cup playoffs studying the cup finals pardon me not just the playoffs we've made it to the final and we're all locked up at one (laughs) 
two one, one apiece here in the finals. The Lightning took game two. It was three first period goals, including two power play goals that got Tampa up early. But in classic Dallas Stars style from this playoffs, they would not quit. The Stars got goals in the second and third period, but the Lightning were able to fend them off and they earned a 3-2 win. There's some talk that Steven Stamkos could return after missing around six months because of surgery and recovery and such. And obviously, I mean, you, you return a captain like that and be a huge impact, but I don't necessarily really think Tampa needs him to, re- to return. Kusharov assisted on both those power play goals, and I think he's just going to keep getting more involved in the o- offensively against Dallas. Of course, the Stars aren't going to lie down and take it. I mean, this is a, a team that's just epitomized fight their entire time, their entire playoff run. But as we said before, I, I just I do think just the Tampa Bay talent is going to win out. I hope Stamkos can come back because I, I think it'd just be you know great to have him for this run, and, and he's meant so much to this team. Um, so it would be incredible for him to be be a part of the run. But I don't think it's it's crucial to their their team to have success. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's good to see Stamkos like hopefully being back for this, um, but I don't think they need him necessarily or that he makes it like that much better over the stars. You know, I think game two showed me what I was expecting from the lightning. It kind of reminded me of the Bruins series. Like are the lightning that much better than the stars? No, but they will win. You know, that's kind of what it reminded me of. It kind of reminded me they went one zero down to the Bruins and then one four straight, even though the Bruins scored fine in those games. You know, I, I, you know, credit to the Dallas Stars. I think they're going to make it hard for the Lightning. But, you know, it, it did – it made me feel good with my choice of the Lightning winning again. So I, I do think it is – it bodes well for Tampa Bay. Uh, but, I mean, again, we'll see. You know, even in this win, Dallas was not going away. It's not like they got swept or anything. So excited for Stanley Cup action. Only two games in. Anything can happen. Hope we go to a game seven. Nikita Kucherov scoring an overtime winner. That's what I want. We'll see. I don't get what I want all the time, but I like, that would be. I like how you're like, when you ask for these things, it's like, it's very simple. Just like, I just want like a game seven where in the crucial moments, one of the best players makes you like, come on. I'm not asking for that much. I'm not asking for that much. All I want is a game seven, LeBron James playing his old heat and at the buzzer for him to hit a fadeaway three after a, an assist from playoff Rondo. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? Men, all hunger in the world is just cured solved right i I don't i i mean i could ask for an xbox i don't okay i don't expect it (laughs) that's true that's true well lots of exciting things going on nba nhl and we'll be excited to keep following those games and updating you guys as we go let's go to baseball because so much has happened since monday i mean so many teams have have clinched let me let me give you some of the scenarios the dodgers claimed the national league top seed another nl west title like we've been saying this whole time dodgers are the best team in and them at major league and they just keep showing it uh for the indians uh al mvp candidate jose ramirez scored a walk-off home run in a win against the white Sox for a 5-3 victory and a Cleveland Indians playoff berth. So good for the for, for Cleveland. They make it into the playoffs. Uh, the Atlanta Braves routing the Miami Marlins to win a third straight NL East title. And the Cubs losing 3-2 to the Pirates, but still clinching the playoffs nonetheless. Here's how the AL looks. Uh, there are two, count them, Matt, two wild card spots left in the AL after two to six actions. So lots going on. You have the Rays, White Sox, Athletics. Aren't there always, aren't there always two wild card spots open? You know what I mean. There's two spot playoff spots open. Oh, right? okay. I playoff, got you. I got you. There's, 
there's two playoff spots open in the in the AL still. There are those last. I wasn't trying to be a jerk. Race. I truly was just like Yannick. Yeah. I'm, I'm confused here. I mean, it all feels like a wild card yeah. with this with how this season has gone. But you know, that's what I meant. The two last spots are available after two. Yeah, for sure. And right now, it's the Toronto Blue Jays and the Houston Astros tied at 28-27 records for those last two spots. You know, it looks like it's theirs. You know, I, I, the only team that has a chance are the are the LA Angels. And with the way, the way they've been playing and them being three and a half games behind with four games to play, you would need a monumental collapse by either the Blue Jays and the Astros. Wait, did the, uh, did we, did uh, the Indians that- clinch? The Indians clinched that, like I said. So there's only one spot left, right? No, I think there's two. When I check this morning, I, I'll check there right now. Two, Here's, there might got, be two gotta, playoff spots left, but it's because it's the two top teams from each division and then the two best teams. Yeah, two play, two playoff spots. That's what I said. That's what I've been talking about. I thought you said two wild. I thought you said, said the two wild card spots. Oh, no. I'm saying there's six teams qualified from the AL and there's two spots oh. left. Like in for the playoffs, I think you might have said wild card. That's what I got. I I did, and then you said, "Aren't there always two wild card?" And I said, "No, I meant playoff. That's what I meant. That's what was going on. That's what's going on." All right, me now. So, oh gosh, okay. Uh, So the Toronto Blue Jays, Houston Astros. Like I said, three and a half games ahead of the Angels. They look pretty set, especially with the Angels playing poorly and playing the Padres, and then a three-game series against the Dodgers. That's not happening. So. Those are your American League playoff contenders, Rays, White Sox, Athletics, Twins, Yankees, Indians, and soon to come the Blue Jays and the Houston Astros. The National League looks a little different. You know, you got four spots, playoff spots secure. You have the Dodgers, the Padres, the Braves, and the Cubs. Like, there is a difference, and that's why I'm just making sure I emphasize it. Uh, And the Cubs kind of in there. So you have four playoff spots left after Tuesday's actions. It's going to be interesting. Right now, it's the Cardinals, the Marlins, the Reds, and the Brewers in that order. The Cards and the Brewers on either end of that spectrum separated by only one game with four games to go. The Giants are tied with the Brewers and Reds on record. The Phillies are one game behind those three and a little less secure, but like still technically in it. The Mets are two and a half games behind the Phillies. The Brewers and Reds play each other today. Tied on record whoever loses that game is going to be in a hump because the reds have a series with the twins who are better than them and the brewers have a series with the cards who are better than them so i think this game tonight will really really mean a lot for both of those teams so we shall see who can grab it and make their playoff chances better ahead of their series against better teams the giants have games against the Rockies, which will help them, but then they have a games against a one game against the Padres, which they'll probably lose, and that'll put them in the hole a little bit. But they do have a chance to, like I said, tied with the Brewers and Reds on record. All they have to do is win out against the Rockies, and all of a sudden it's different stories. The Phillies play out their season against the Tampa Bay Rays, expected to lose most of those games. You know, it, it does look like their kind of schedule does not favor them. But, you know, lots of things to happen. Who do you see out of those teams? Cardinals, Marlins, Reds, Brewers, and then Phillies and Giants. Who do you think grabs those last four? I, I think the Cardinals are going to get the other one from the NL Central. Um, so as, as far as, like, the wild card teams, you know, more Phillies, Reds, Brewers, Giants. It, the fact that the Reds and the Brewers have to play each other tonight is, you know, 
certainly hurts one of their favors. I, I think the Phillies are out. I, I think it's between the Reds, Brewers, and Giants. I'm going to go. I actually, I, I think, I think there's a decent chance both the Reds and the Brewers make it. And that's and that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, I think the Red, even though they lose, okay. I, I think they'll be fine against uh, in those final series. And the NL Central is going to get four teams. Okay, so the wow. Okay, that's a good that's a good pick. I you know it's going to be hard for me to to see what is going on with that because the Brewers just you know they they've been up and down sometimes. They did have a good series against the Royals though. They de- did beat the Reds uh, last night. So I think the Brewers will make it. You know, I think, yeah, the Brewers, I say, will make it. The Marlins will make it. And and I think the uh, – I'm going to go with the Giants. The Giants play the Rockies. They might sweep them. So I'm going to go there, and it's really close. But I just – I don't have any trust in the Phillies, like you said, and the Reds. They're up and down as well. But it'll be interesting to see. And, and, and by Friday, when we have our next recording, we'll know, basically. So that's going to be really exciting yeah. to talk about. And everything – leading up to an exciting playoff series in the MLB to kick us off. In the WNBA, we had some action as well. Obviously, one of the series having their game one after the first one was canceled due to coronavirus inconsistent testing. Another game getting their game two. Let's talk about the game two first. The Aces coming back, grabbing game two against the Sun, 83-75. to The Sun looking good again. Dewana Bonner kind of leading the scoring for them with 23 points. But Asia Wilson... Showing her MVP tendencies, 29 points on 13 of 19 shooting. So she looks good and had the rebounds as well to match with it. Um, you know, it was close, though. It, it definitely wasn't, you know, everything that we expected. Sun led at halftime. But really, Aces having a 24 to 12 fourth quarter to really knock the Sun out of contention. So they came up big in that last quarter. It does kind of look like it's going to be a back-and-forth series, which is exciting, but the Aces do have Asia Wilson, and they showed it that that's going to be their main card last night. Uh, In the other game, you had the Storm taking the first game against the Lynx, which we expected, but it wasn't very convincing. I mean, it was 88-86. to Obviously, Alicia Clark getting the putback at the buzzer was really exciting for the Seattle Storm, but the Lynx showed that they're here to stay as well. I mean, they really, really did. They had a great fourth quarter where they came back. 23-16, 23 to 16, they beat them in the fourth quarter. Nafisha Collier doing well with 25 points. Jewel Lloyd pacing the storm with 25 points as well. Brianna Stewart leading with rebounds. Sue Bird leaving with assists. You know, I think all the players are still playing well for the storm, so I still think they have it. But, you know, like I said, Lynx have a couple players that are ready to play. So if they can show up on a consistent basis, maybe they can eke one out against the storm. But like I said, also, it feels like Nafisha Collins and Crystal Dangerfield really have to show up every game in order to make it a series against the Storm because of just how dominant they are and the players that they have. What do we feel about these two series, buddy? Yeah, there are, there are a couple of good ones. Um, I, I, I think all four of these teams, probably with you know with the shortened season where they played 22 games, it, it is really tough to, to tell like who's who. I mean, the Aces are number one seed and the Suns are a number – seven seed I believe and the aces have like an eight game better like the record isn't like that massively better you know what I mean so I think the the shortened season has, has made for an interesting one in the WNBA of like trying to figure out who's who's who who's good who are the real competitors because not many times do you see a number seven team I mean they've led a lot of that game and I think I don't think there's anybody watching that series being like oh wow this is shocking that the Suns are doing this 
the Aces, as he said, they turned it on in the fourth quarter. Um, Bill Lambeer, their coach, the great Detroit Pistons, and then Detroit shot coach. I mean, he's a three-time WNBA champion as a head coach. The guy knows how to coach on the defensive side of the ball as good as anyone at, at the top level of, of basketball. And you saw it in the fourth quarter for the Aces, and you've seen it throughout the year. That's part of the reason they have the top seed. So that sort of defense, especially in the playoffs, is is huge. I still lean towards the Suns. I just I just think they're kind of grooving. Dewana Bonner played great last night, and if she keeps doing that, her teammates are going to follow. So I, I like the Suns. As I said, the Storm, it wasn't the most convincing win against the Lynx, but they did lead for most of the time. You got a team, too, in Seattle that's just not going to – they're not going to get shook by anything. They're going to stay level-headed. They, they know their ability. They, they know the kind of team that they have. So I still lean towards Suns, Storm, but I think both these are going to be – a really good series before we even get to the WNBA finals, which should in itself be a terrific series. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what we have great matchups across the line, no matter who gets to the final and that'll be good. All right, Matthew, we are done with playoffs. So it's time for our discussion section. And the topic of our discussion section is another UFC Saturday to savor. Let's go through the matchups here. I'll start off with the kind of fifth matchup on the card. You kind of have two featherweight prospects throwing down in uh, Hakim Dawudu and Zubera Tukakov. Uh, they look really good um, on the up and up. There's a lot of talented fighters in the featherweight division, so I feel like uh, both of these guys have kind of, you know, been undercover a little bit but i mean the canadian derudo he's he's looking good he's got some momentum he's got four straight wins going into this one tukakov you might not really like have seen him fight all that recently and i feel like he's most known for that mcgregor brawl after the khabib fight uh so that's not yeah. like you that's never that's not something you want to say about a fighter is that that's what you're i don't know that's kind for. of a badass thing to say about a fighter yeah, I guess, but like you want to know, but want to be known for what you do in the ring as well, I suppose. But uh, it's going to be a good fight for sure. Uh, Dawuda, what I love about him is he, he's got this Muay Thai background that we don't really see all that much. He's got like a really pure style, and uh, he's got a really rapid pace. Se- uh, seven of his eleven victories have come via knockout. Uh, you know, I, I, for me, it's kind of look for Tukakov to like. He's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of knockout power. So look for him to go for the knockout real early. But if he doesn't, I kind of think this is Dawuda's kind of match to lose uh, in terms of pacing it. But we shall see. And that is the number five fight. Give us the number four fight, buddy. Yeah, we got a, a bantamweight battle between Ketlin Vieira and Ciara Eubanks. Vieira, number seven ranked fighter. And Eubanks is number 15 in the weight class. Ketlin's the favorite at about 180, minus 189 right now. And for good reason, quite frankly. Her Brazilian jiu-jitsu and judo abilities are extremely dangerous. You know, she's got black belts in, in both of those disciplines. She's a massive threat to get a submission. I think she she gets um, Eubanks on the ground and can get her into submission. This thing could be over real, real quick. She suffered her first loss in her last fight against Irene Aldana. So, uh, you know, that you always wonder how a fighter bounces back from their, their first fight like that. I think you know. I think Vieira is one of the type of fighter who's who's going to come back with a vengeance. I think she's going to be ready to go, ready to rock and roll, and and, and show what she can do in the bantamweight division. I, I see her getting higher up than that number seven ranking and uh, and getting a win on Saturday. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, let's go to the number three fight. We got two of my favorite nicknames. You have Kai Don't Blink Cara France versus Brandon Raw Dog Royval. So. Uh, 
Those are the nicknames in this flyweight battle. It's the that number seven car of France. Right. The number seven car of France against the number 10 Roy Vall. You know, don't blink versus Raw Dog. That's what I want. Yeah. That's what Woo. I want. Hell of a uh, night. Roy Vall, hell of a night. Roy Vall had his uh, first career UFC victory, uh, a submission victory against Tim Elliott in May. You know, he's a well-rounded fighter who's great in close combat, really known for his submission game. On the other side, Cara France excels at first-round finishes. You know, he's he's used to most of his fights ending early. Recently, his matches have all gone the distance, so that's kind of a concern for him. But he is a high-volume striker. He's got 5.27 significant strikes per minute, which is higher than most people that he faces against. Another big factor in this is the height advantage Foy Royval, for Royval, Cara France standing at 5'4", Royval standing at 5'9". Will that make a difference in this flyaway fight? Cara France is currently um, favored to win at under 230, the New Zealander over the American. But we shall see who gets it in that one. Yeah, our fourth fight of the night. The first championship bout of the evening after John, John Jones gave up the late light heavyweight battle, belt. Pardon me. To, uh, to move up to heavyweight, it opened up a vacancy at the light heavyweight. And so we got Dominic Reyes and Jan Blaschowitz fighting for that title. It, it's going to be a good one. Jan, Jan's a veteran. He's he's in his first championship fight ever. Reyes as the number one contender. I think, you know, a real up-and-comer in the light heavyweight division. His only loss is two Bones Jones, which is certainly not a, a tough loss to take. So, you know, you got the veteran, you got the up-and-comer. I- I'm glad they chose Jan as the challenger to, to Reyes. I think he's going to make for for a really good competitor in this one, and, and he he deserves it just after all all the legwork he's put in his career as, as an MMA fighter in, in the UFC. I'd love to see him, you know, be able to, to hoist up his first title at 37, but I just think Reyes has too much. But it's going to be a great battle. Um, and it'd be interesting to, to open up the light heavyweight division again. You know, it has been dominated by Bones Jones the last few years, and he's been one of the most dominant fighters we've ever seen. So there hasn't been a lot of wiggle room up there at the top. It's been pretty secure. So we'll see if uh, if this starts a new reign by one of these guys or if there's going to be a lot of turnover and, and, and such in the light heavyweight division. Yeah, it will be interesting, obviously, whenever a, a fighter like Bones Jones steps down. It's, it's always a question of, you know, is the next – you know, real legend coming up, or is it going to be a lot of turnover, like you said? All right. Well, the main event, another title fight. We've been waiting for this one. We've been waiting for this one. It is Israel Adenzaya versus Paulo Costa. It's a matchup of the undefeated MMA artists. Adenzaya defending his middleweight title for the second time. I mean, Here's a question, Matt. Does Paula Costa have the most raw power that we've ever seen at the middleweight division? <laughs> he might. I mean, he, he he's up there. Uh, Kel, Kelvin Gastelum's you know left arm probably has has a decent argument in that battle as well. But yeah, I mean Costa he he packs a punch certainly. Um, and then these guys kind of have a, a different sort of style in that sense, um, which I mean comes down to just you look at the tail of the tape kind of explains a lot of that. Right, exactly. I mean, uh, Paulo Costa coming into this one, 11 knockouts. He's at 13-0. and 0. He's only had one fight go to the scorecards. So that is a little pro- uh, troubling for Adensaya. You know, both have lots of bravado. We've seen we've seen the height coming, you know, from the 
from the fighters and from the media. So it's going to be really exciting. Aden Sai is no slouch. Obviously, he beat Whitaker in his last title fight, and he loves Yo- he he loves that fight that he had against Yoel Romero. Kind of a fighter that comes out and says, "Give me the best of any division, and I'll fight him and I'll beat him." So he's kind of one of those, uh, which is always exciting to see. I mean. In my head, this fight probably comes down to whether or not Adansaya can avoid a first or second round knockout. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, 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 Costa's a great fighter, as you said. Both these guys are, are undefeated, and it's it's going to be a terrific title fight. We've seen Adesanya, you know, beat Castellum to get the interim, then, then unify it against Whitaker, and then defend it against Romero. I think he's really getting into, you know, his own kind of set as an athlete. I think he's more comfortable and confident than he's ever been as a fighter. It's, you know, as we've said before, you know, heavy weighs the crown, but but it seems to be pretty light uh, on the head of Israel Adesanya. Yeah, I mean, I think really this fight comes down to to Israel Adesanya's reach. You know, he, he's got three inches in the height, eight inches on his reach. He's got an 80 inch reach as opposed to Costa's 72 inch. So Costa's going to have to get in closer to get the, that knockout power and get those kind of hits on Adesanya. And Adesanya's being a- ability to be able to be dangerous from a distance, I think, is, is going to be a huge advantage and play a huge factor in this fight. Yeah, I definitely agree. Both of them have things that are going to be difficult for the other to deal with. Uh, and both have skills. And we'll see who can use their skills to the best advantage. And if any, you know, if any of the pride gets in the way of being able to fight the best fight that they can have too. All right. Give me, give me uh, your, your predictions here from top, from bottom to top, let's say. So between uh, Dewoto and Tukagov, who do you have winning? I got Dewoto. I got Dewoto as well. Okay. Between Vieira and Eubanks. Vieira. I got Vieira as well. Between Don't Blink and Raw Dog. I wish I could say raw, raw dog, but I'm going don't blink. I'm going, France. Yes, I got Kaikara France. What a great name. You don't even need a nickname for that. My Dream. gosh. Um, all right. Between Reyes and Blaskovitz for the title, who do you have? I think it's Reyes. I just think he's too good of a fighter right now. I agree. I, th- I, I have Reyes just by a little bit. I think Blaskovitz is going to surprise some people, but I definitely have Reyes in this one. And finally, the title fight. Between Adesanya and Paula Costa, let's say it on 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 the. I'll say three, two, one, and then we'll say it. Okay, three, right. two, one. Adesanya, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too much so. reach. Too much reach, and I think he's such a smart fighter too, right? So it's not like he has this advantage and he won't use it. He's gonna use it. Oh, he's gonna stay away from really? Paula Costa. You yeah. know, and, and I think he's not going to be pride. I mean, I, he, I guess he could be an idiot and be prideful and, and get in there close, but I don't, I don't see Adesanya doing that. Right. He's not, that's not who he is. And he said that personally, he said, I'm not somebody who gets in there and, and no, thinks he's stronger. And you're right. That would be stupid. Cause he's not. Uh, and I think, all right. So you got five for five with me, Matt. I love it. We're going to be a hundred percent. Correct. We'll go down to the We'll tone down to the betting pool and uh, really yeah. make money this week. Yeah, my buddy. All right. Well, we're moving into the cool down section. Always a nice section where we bring to you some stuff that isn't so much sports before the quick fire questions that I am hosting this time. Matt, I am a barista, as I've said earlier in this podcast, and I love my coffee. So tell me, what is your favorite type of coffee? Either how you like to drink it or like an actual coffee brand identity. Yeah, that's you know solid question. Coffee's 
Coffee's crucial in these times. I truly, I always just drink iced coffee, like no matter what. Like one time I was going into work and it was freezing cold and like really early in the morning and all this. And like I went into a Pret-a-Manger and ordered a coffee and the guy laughed at me because he was like, you want a cold brew? And I was like, yeah, I know. It's weird. Like I always, I always just drink cold coffee. And then he gave it to me for free because he felt bad about laughing. So it LOL. really it worked out that's great. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't give a crap. Like, I, yeah, I know it's weird that it's negative five out and like snowing and I want cold brew. But uh, yeah, so it worked out for me. But I, I finally invested in like a little cold brew maker and just put the grounds like in the middle of this kind of pitcher thing and let it sit overnight. So now I spend a little less money, still too much. What's your what's your coffee of choice? Right. Yeah. So, but, but you, so you do like cold brew. You're right. You're not one of those people that's like, I like iced coffee, but I hate cold brew. No, I like cold, I like cold brew more. I'll, I'll drink iced coffee, but I like cold brew more. For See, sure. that's a, a man after my own heart. That's like what I like. You know, I don't, I, all the time I, I serve coffee and they're like, we only have cold brew. We don't have iced coffee at our, at our uh, shop. And so people will come in and be like, can I have an iced coffee? I'm like, it's cold brew. Is that okay? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you there. Then you didn't um, mean it that much. Right, exactly. Exactly. And I'm kind of the opposite of you. I respect it. I, I like hot coffee no matter what time of the year. It could be like 95 degrees out and I would want a nice hot cup of joe. That's just like how I grew up, I think, drinking it. Uh, my parents always drank it hot. There was no iced coffee in the place. So that's kind of what I like. And uh, yeah, I like it. Nice- oh, yeah, I was I was growing up in a place just filled with cold brew just all over the house. You know what? Did your parents drink iced coffee? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm just saying what affected me. I'm not saying it affected <laughs> you. All right. <laughs> My God. We Did had no I- cold brew in our house. We had no cold brew. We barely make it through the week. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but yeah, I like you know, a nice little 12 ounce hot coffee with a little splash of oatly oat milk. That's how I like it. Uh, it's just the way that it goes nowadays. It's simple, but splendid. And that's how it happens. All right. So the Emmys were this past weekend. Lots of great award winners from Watchmen to Shit's Creek to Mark Ruffalo. Give me a shout out. Who are you shouting out uh, from the Emmys This for the, of the winners or the losers or whoever you want to shout out? Well, I give no respect to the Emmys until they decide to go back somehow and give Steve Carell at least one Emmy for his masterful work as Michael Scott. The fact that they never gave him the award, it it makes me think quite little of the award show. But regardless, congratulations to everybody that won. I was pumped for Julia Garner winning for Ozarks for Ruth Langmore. But I kind of already talked up Ozarks pretty recently and, and talked up Julia Garner. So I'm going to give my love to the wonderful Regina King, a true ta- talent, an absolute grinder. Started with Boys in the Hood. You got Jerry Maguire, Daddy Daycare, uh, American Crime. You know, last year she got an Oscar for If Beale Street Could Talk, which if you haven't seen that, please do. Oh, it's, it's so wonderful. good. It's oh, so, so good. good. She's so good in it. And now she's getting recognized for her terrific work in Watchmen, which is such a unique, compelling show. But for me personally, if you're a Regina King fan or just a fan of good stuff, go watch Boondocks which is, it's a cartoon where she voices two twin boys, which are the leads of the show. It's hysterical. It's extremely smart. There's a bunch of commentary and it's kind of in this like heightened, absurd world. And her voice work in it is phenomenal. 
she's just such a powerful performer, like can have so much strength and comfort and, and be absolutely hysterical. So congratulations to Regina King, somebody who, you know, really has put in a, a lot of, a lot of work and, and has done every project that they let her. And now she's, you know, getting the awards and the accolades that she certainly deserves. Right. Regina King is better as good as any actress out there just truly as good as any actress out there does not get the respect she deserves even with these wins i just think she should have 80 oscars at this point she's gotten so many great her her, okay that was a lot but like (laughs) she hasn't been in 80 oscar nominated movies but what i'm saying is how many oscars have there been i don't like a hundred maybe at this point i don't don't think there's been a hundred maybe maybe there's been 80 oscars let's she could win more than one a year yeah, there you go. Until she, until she, until she passes. But um, yeah. I, I mean, the Emmys are all, always weird, you know. And I feel like one show always dominates, and I'm not even really sure how much I like that show that dominates. But this year, I am wholly with the show that dominated. I love Shit's Creek. I think it's so funny that a Canadian pop show, a uh, pop like a Canadian, the the network is called Pop. But like a Canadian network came on here and beat all of the American networks out for the best show. Um, Shit's Creek. It's just so very good. It's so very good. Let me let me name out the awards here, Matt. One in best comedy series, one best comedy series supporting actress for Annie Murphy, one best comedy series supporting actor for Daniel Levy, outstanding director for Daniel Levy and Andrew Cividino. outstanding writing for Daniel Levy, outstanding lead for Eugene Levy, outstanding lead for Catherine O'Hara. I mean, just absolutely dominated in this one uh, and uh, much deserved last season coming out on Netflix soon and a uh, great job to Dan Levy and the whole cast over there. And another yeah, shout out. That's one of my, my gripes to the, uh, the Emmys though. It feels like so many times we're like, all right, well, we'll just give it all to that one show, whichever show, you know, paid them the most, but hey, that, I, I, hey. that that's how you win Emmys. No, Shit's Creek is not one of those shows, though. I believe that with yes. like Marvelous. Yes, it is. No, 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 no. If you no, think no. that you think Shit's Creek got all those awards without kissing ass and doing that shit, then Yannick, you are lying to yourself. No, but here's what I'm saying. I don't. I think it's less about them kissing ass and more because it was their last season. That's why they won everything. It's less. Yeah, about- that that happens too. But I think they right. kissed a lot of ass because they knew it was their last season. Like. There's well, yeah. Like Game, of of, course. Game of Thrones got a lot of recognition when it didn't deserve it either because kissed ass and it was like That's their fair. final seasons. I'm not. This isn't my critique of Shit's Creek. I think Shit's Creek's a, a, a fine show. I just yeah. I have an issue with the Emmys. <laughs> right. That's fair. I mean, we have an issue with every award show. I I I, str- I struggle to think of an award show that I'm like, yes, you do it right every time. Uh, that's not how it works in any award show for sure. Uh, so. Yeah, but like, uh, you know, good. And I also want to give a shout out to Mark Ruffalo, another great actor that I think doesn't get the awards that he deserves. He got an Emmy uh, for his performance. So I, you know, want to give him a shout out. One of my favorite actors out there as well. All right, Matthew, you feel a seat? You feel your seat? Is it getting hot? It better be hot. hot? It better be hot. All right, quick fire questions. The Ravens and the Chiefs play Monday night. It's going to be interesting to see who who grabs the win. Gun to your head, who gets more wins this season? Ravens. Ravens. Really easy. Give me, give me, give me some, give me some. What do you think? I I mean, I just think, I mean, I think they're going to win this game. They're at home and they're just kind of in in better form right now than the Chiefs. Everyone's gunning for the Chiefs, 
Um, you know, I think the Ravens, I, the Browns don't seem that scary. The Bengals are, you know, they were just the top pick. So they're clearly a team three building Steelers, of course, be tough, but you know, the AFC West is looking maybe tougher than, than it's supposed to be. You got the Raiders undefeated. The Chargers gave that Chiefs that close game this weekend. Um, the Broncos, like you know, Drew Locks out, so that's tough. But Driscoll played decent as a backup. I, I, I just think the Ravens – I think the Ravens maybe more so – like the, the Chiefs know what they need to do to win the Super Bowl. Like it feels like LeBron in some of those years where he was like, all right, Hawks, I'll let you go get the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. When it comes to playoff time, I know what needs to happen. And so I feel like that's more the Chiefs mentality while the Ravens – after getting knocked out by the Titans and everything last year, I think they are focused on being like, we're going to prove to everybody that we are as good as, as we showed at times last year and that we're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So I think the Ravens just are fueled a little more to have a better record. All right. Love that, love that, love that. Okay. There are a lot of 2-0 and teams right now that are looking good. One of them that is 2-0, and that has not looked as convincing – are the Chicago Bears. Now, the Bears are 2-0, and so that is something. They have two wins already. Do the Bears make the playoffs? No. No? They All don't. Right. I mean, like, they needed, right. they, needed a, they needed a huge comeback against the Lions. They barely beat the Giants, the Saquon Barkley-Liss Giants. You know, they go to Atlanta next week. Then they got Indianapolis and Tampa Bay at home. Like, I... This schedule doesn't get any easier for them, and I just don't think Trubisky's that good. I think the defense is is not quite what it was a couple years ago. I, I don't I don't think they make the playoffs. All right, there you go. A two and zero team will not make the playoffs. And finally, you are the GM of the New York Giants. You've lost Saquon Barkley for the year. Your offensive line is trash. Your defense is okay, and Daniel Jones has only showed so far that he is an average quarterback. What is the point of this season? Do you just say, tank it and give me Trevor Lawrence? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think I think Jones still has time to get good. I think there's there's he's shown signs of, of being a, a good quarterback. I think, yeah, you probably would take – Trevor Lawrence over Jones, but there's a, there's a lot of, of, of season to be played. I mean, if Jones, if Jones continues on the trajectory he's in right now, I think, I think it's, it'd be worth keeping Jones and getting another piece for your team. Um, but the receivers are playing better. Of course it stinks with Barkley, but like, yeah, they got to show up that offensive line and just get a little better on the defensive side. I mean, they, they need pass rushers, which you can always get at the, the top of a draft. Um, so I don't really think it's worth tanking for Trevor Lawrence. And I also don't think like the team is, is as far away from competing, especially when you like look at that division, like the Cowboys should be better and still could be, but the Eagles look atrocious. The Washington's one and one, but like, I don't think anyone's like, Oh yeah, that's a really great one and one team. So like the teams around you in division, the, the climb to, you know, start competing with them and such isn't as daunting as you might have thought it was. So, no, I don't think there's any reason to, like, just throw it away and get, and get Trevor. And I don't think Jones has been bad enough to do that. I think Jones has shown, um, you know, some signs of, of being able to be an NFL quarterback. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm throwing a surprise fourth question at you just to keep you yeah. on your toes. Do you bench Carson Wentz this season for your backup star? Do you – 
Do you bench Carson Wentz for your Oklahoma quarterback star sitting on the bench with how bad he's been? I I think I I mean I I I'm not ruling it out. Like I I think it's certainly something where it's like I don't I don't think there's any reason to be like no for sure like Carson's there's no way Carson can't be benched. Like I I think it'd be stupid to to be too headstrong about that. I mean, I think they got to be doing pretty poor, but their their schedule is pretty tough. I mean, they go to San Fran and Pittsburgh. They get Baltimore visiting them. Dallas coming to town and such. They have to go to Green Bay and Arizona later on in the season. They get visited Those by are the all Saints. For me. So Those like, are all losses like, for me. That's a real, real bad team. The question with like with that becomes what what's the future like? Once you do that, I'm not sure you can ever come back to Carson Wentz, right? And so I, I think I think it has to get pretty bad in Philly, but I think it could. I, I mean, I think it's definitely a possibility, and I think if it does, I think if it continues this way and continues to kind of unravel, I think there's there's no reason not to at least start a quarterback competition. All right, there you go. You heard it from Matt. It might be coming after all. All right, well, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of the Two Beers Plays podcast. It's been lovely having you. As per usual, we went over soccer. We went over playoff updates, the UFC fight coming this Saturday. Next week, we'll have the results of that. Uh, And we've got another episode coming to you later in the week. Matt, it's been great talking to you as per usual. Against, again, one more time, we want to express our condolences for the passing of Gail Sayers, a great running back in his own right. Uh, but yeah, wear a mask, stay safe, register to vote, and thank you once again for joining us. Congratulations to Albert Pujols. Passed Willie Mays the other day for fifth most home runs in MLB history. So congrats to you, Mr. Pujols. Cheers, y'all.